Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. You are looking live. That didn't feel right. Hey, it's the BWI Daily Edition. That's more the tone we're looking for. Live today here on YouTube, talking about just about everything under the sun. A very busy weekend for Penn State football on every single front. We'll also be discussing Penn State basketball and uh, some of those things with Nate Bauer coming up on the show today. And then later on, we're going to be joined by Sean Fitz because. One of the big things we're talking about today and one of the big things coming out of the weekend is obviously the transfer portal and recruiting, and he's a guy that knows a lot about all of those things, so we're going to be discussing that with him coming up on the BWI Daily Edition. I almost called you Sean Fitz. Nate Bauer oh, no. with us here on the BWI Daily Edition uh, to get everything kick-started. So how it's going to work is, is Fitz is going to join us in just a little bit. But Nate and I are going to be here for the duration of the show talking about the topics that you want to hear about. So if you are in the chat and you want to discuss something that came up this weekend, we're going to be hitting on a lot of points, like I said, in the open. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. As I said, that's Nate Bauer. You can uh, get your questions in in the chat if you want to. The Monday live show is your chance to show appreciation in the holiday season to give to your favorite uh, YouTube channel to help us keep the uh, the rowboat afloat on the ocean. But we'll be talking to you and discussing what you want to talk about, including some of the uh, interesting players that have arrived in the portal just today. Um, quiet over the first, uh, the second half of the first week, but things are starting to pick up a little bit. Uh, but that's not where we're starting. I promise, Nate, you're going to talk at some point. Uh, Utah had some opt-outs 
happened today for the Rose Bowl. Fill people in who may have missed the out on who those players are. Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna share this load with you, T. Frank. Dalton Kincaid is the the one, right? Like that's the the big guy. I think in terms of perceptions, he was tight end who catches a ton of passes. Is a huge frequent target. I think I saw 16. He is, is that right? 16. Receiver. Okay, yeah. yeah. So uh, 16 receptions against uh, Southern Cal in the first matchup. Is that is that accurate? I mean, I, I just. He's a guy who very clearly they rely upon and, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, look, th- these teams are never the team that got them there, right? Like at, at this right. point in the season, once you get to January 2nd, it's just not the same. It's just not the same thing. And, and for a variety of reasons, you can have certainly the opt-outs, uh, guys who are injured, got injured late in the season, don't come back, aren't able to come back. But also, in some cases, you have guys who return, right? Uh, I mean, certainly the way that James Franklin has spoken uh, about uh, Olufashanu, you know, he's left open the door for him to to potentially play in this game. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, obviously, Penn State has Rose Bowl Media Day on Friday. We'll know a lot more about, you know, uh, the, the whole first two weeks of this month are, are really like have nothing to do with football. It's everything is recruiting. Everything is transfer portal. Everything is NIL. Uh, And so all of those things get the the severe attention on the front side of the month, but then they do, they do switch gears, right? You're, you're able to to kind of turn your attention a little bit more to, to practices and get those reps in and, and see what's what ahead of the game. Yeah, it's obviously it's not just Penn, uh, not just Utah that has lost some players over the weekend. Uh, Penn State lost Parker Washington as well. But just before we yep. move on to that, because I think that's what Penn State fans are uh, largely focused on, are the players that will play for the Nittany Lions. It is important to point out that these are the two best players, I think, for Utah. I think it's fair to call these two guys the the most talented players. Obviously, they're they're opting out for health and uh nfl draft reasons but dalton kincaid 890 yards to lead the team eight touchdowns 70 targets as a tight end uh really good receiver if you watch the the you know you mentioned the game against usc he was injured in the conference championship game and he still got four catches for 40 yards in a lot of ways the offense runs through dalton kincaid and clark phillips is the team's top cover corner he is uh, i think by some projected as a first round pick obviously that's how that always goes, you know, like who knows about that, but he's in the conversation with Joey Porter jr. As one of those guys that everyone's looking forward to going to the NFL. Like one of the names we know off the top of this draft order. So, uh, some things on him, six interceptions, four pass breakups in 2022, according to PFF. So those numbers, you know, that that's a big part of uh, the defense and the offense, but conversely, Joey Porter Jr., we found out about a couple weeks ago, and then over the weekend, I believe it was, it was Saturday, um, the Parker Washington news came down. Friday afternoon. Friday afternoon. It all blends it together. All, I was on yeah, I was on the road, so it was all the same time. Yeah, it's well, it's it's just kind of funny because it's uh, it's almost like a one for one, right? Uh, you've yep. you've lost their corner. Penn State's lost their corner. Uh, top target in the passing game. Top target in the passing. You know, so. Uh, uh, let's it it just feels to me and maybe i'm wrong about this but it feels to me as though there are other shoes to drop uh right it, you know, 
no, like it's just it just so feels. Let me, let me ask you that specifically. This is like let, let's let's get into that of that is a tactical thing, right? So James Franklin uh, is always trying to keep an advantage, keep cards close to the vest. If if there's something with Bretton Strange that yeah. he's making that decision, like the Outback Bowl, we didn't hear till the week of, right? That right. was the timeline before with that with that game. Yeah, and I and I don't even think uh, you know Rasheed Walker was a guy who, uh, you know, it's it's hard to reflect and remember exactly when all of those opt outs happened, but a lot of them happened in Florida. I mean, some of those guys made the trip and mm -hmm. and play in that game. So, uh, so yeah, you know, we'll we'll see. It's uh, there there is there are what three weeks remaining until Penn state plays this game four weeks. Um, you know. Not enough, honestly, not enough not with enough all time. the other stuff going on. I yeah. like I spent all weekend and we'll get to Joseph Mapoy in a little bit, but spent all weekend watching Joseph Mapoy film. Didn't get to the Utah defense to give you a better idea of Clark Phillips, you know? So like, it's just like, if we could pause and give each of these things a month to themselves, that'd be fantastic. But yeah. uh, here we are doing the potpourri show. And, uh, and meanwhile, Paul, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, Paul Ratchford uh, donating to the channel, putting $5 in the chip uh, in the tip jar. So happy holidays, Paul. Thank you so much for the donation. Um, he didn't give us anything other than say love the info, so I appreciate that. Thank uh, you. Quick question from Nick. Which would you rather have? Steelers, Eagles at Beaver Stadium or Penguins, Flyers, Winter Classic in Beaver Stadium. I don't have a rooting interest in any of those teams, but as far as spectacle goes, Nate, which one would you like? Mm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry to actually not have a quick answer here because I do think in-person hockey, when you have that many people, becomes... Inter like the the Must novelty see. yeah the novelty of it is is real uh yeah. as opposed to eagles steelers i just it it i find it hard to see or envision penn state having and, and nobody's gonna like this but i'm gonna say it anyway like beaver stadium does not have the facilities for luxury amenities that are necessary to hold professional sports that's just Right. I mean, the the certainly the president's uh, area, the like the, you know, the box on the, the east side of the stadium has some luxuries uh, and yeah. and certainly the, the Mountain Indy Club does. But it's just not it's not it's not equipped to to do that as opposed to I, I think and I could be wrong about this, but I think most of those other venues that they've picked for winter classic i mean maybe they don't actually care this much about this but most of those other venues most of those other venues have been you know like uh fenway park has has undergone a renovation to be able to to host something like that uh whereas you know beaver stadium is just not it's woof. yeah woof. <laughs> on a lot of different levels woof uh, we've got Zach, by the way. I wanted to give him a shout out here. Uh, great to see you guys are live. Great way to end uh, closing the store on my work night. Appreciate uh, you watching, and hopefully we can get you through the end of your shift. Now, we got a question here from Michael, who uh, was uh, out on Twitter asking about a couple of things that I think might inform this question. I'm not quite sure if I know what you mean here. Does Penn State use high-profile players enough to recruit? So I think he means does, does Penn State use... Drew Aller enough to recruit players? And and I know we've got a lot of questions about Caden Prather 
and yep. he entered the transfer portal. We're going to be getting to that in just a couple minutes. But, um, you know, the portal in general here, do you think that they're selling 2023 is a big season for Penn State with Aller? And uh, do you think they can pull off what they want, what they need in the portal, and get a couple of receivers to surround him uh, and to be, you know, buttressed by those young players that are still developing uh, from the class of 2022? Do, do I think that's the sell? Absolutely. Do, do I think they can do it? I, I mean, we'll see. I, I, nobody had Mitch Tinsley on the radar at this time last year or, or right. at the, at, as soon as, you know, when, when things really started going with the, the transfer portal, he was not a name that everyone was like, Oh, Hey, that, that's the guy. Uh, and so I, I just think that these relationships have in a lot of ways existed behind the scenes for a long time, right. Whether it's shared interest or whatever, like they, there's no mystery to this. People could talk about rules. That's fine. And I'm not suggesting that Penn state is breaking any, but uh, there, there are ways to make sure that people who you can identify as a staff are maybe not so happy, whatever, you know, all of those things and and make it clear, smoke signals, what have you, that that there's interest there, that there's right. right? And so that that being reciprocated is something that can happen as well. Um, so I'll just it'll be interesting to see once the fact that all of these offers have not let up and all of the entries into the transfer portal have not let up. Like it's not, it's not as though there was a flood in on the first day and that's the talent pool that you're working with. Right. 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 You've got, you've got new entries into the portal that allow you to, to keep this as uh, you know, more of an ongoing fluid type of deal. Yeah. Um, You know, just a a quick, thing that I think a lot of Penn State fans here know about. Dante Cephas was on campus for a visit this weekend. Again, we'll be discussing a little bit of that when uh, the third in our trio shows up here on the BWI Live show. Before then, though, we'll be getting to some of your questions and some of your comments. Jeff, he says, new to donating here, Jeff Maley uh, gave us a dollar. And Jeff, I, I, I feel like I'm at the end of like one of those uh, Christmas movies where I feel like I've gotten the greatest gift in the world. So thank you, so nice. because it's, it, it's not about the dollar. It's about you being a part of the community here. And I'm glad that you're here, and I appreciate you donating to the channel. Um, can, can I just chime in real quick uh, sure. on M- Michael McCollum's question about, like, recruiting friends? Yeah, he uh, clarifies here. Yeah, I mean, uh, Zachy Wheatley's dad, like, had a tweet of Zachy and Caden as, you know, in, like, Mighty Mites that he posted to Twitter today. Like, they're all these guys know each other. And so, right. yeah, there, there's absolutely uh recruiting amongst players that is going on and is welcomed. I mean, there's, there's no better sales pitch for your program than the players that are currently living it. Yeah. Yeah. That I think that as long as they're happy, <laughs> right. That's yes. And, and that's the stuff that it's interesting. That's the stuff that goes on behind the scenes that, um, you know, that happens between peers, so it's not like there's a lot of that stuff going on uh, out. In, no, I, I you just pointed it out. It goes on out in the open on social media now, but yeah. it's the stuff that goes on behind the scenes that I think is impactful. I guess is is uh, that rarely we ever get a whole lot of information about. I've asked recruits here on the show like, "Who are you recruiting?" And then they go, "Shoot, I don't know," because they've got a text thread with about thirty seven <laughs> guys that they that they're talking to. Yeah. Um, 
one last thing, circling back to the Rose Bowl, something else that came up, considering Dalton Kincaid, Parker Washington, all these top players have opted out. All of, I think, the the, the top-line players that we expected to be NFL prospects this offseason, they've all now opted out. Now, yeah. Kincaid said it's injury-related. He wouldn't be healthy enough to play, so he's going to rehab and then go to the draft. Do you feel like, just because we haven't heard anything is the Rose Bowl enough of a draw to keep the rest of the guys there? What are you predicting happens with the rest of the talent that Penn State has on the roster that can go to the NFL that we're waiting a decision for? Yeah, I, look, I, I think it is dangerous to not acknowledge all of the varying factors that go into this stuff for these guys, right? It's not, it's not a uniform, like, oh, this is the... Uh, you know, this is the smart play. And so this has become conventional wisdom. And so if you have any shot of being drafted, you don't put that, you don't jeopardize that. Like, I don't think that that's necessarily true. I think that there are players who it becomes an opportunity, right? Where if you, if you haven't had the type of season that you wanted to have, it's your last year. Like it's, it becomes so complicated because you actually don't know who isn't coming back right? like the, the, yeah. when, when you're limited because of the COVID bonus year to, to really truly understanding that there are like seven or eight players who don't have the option of returning. It, it changes things, right? What, what's Bryce Efner thinking? What's Nick Tarburton thinking? Uh, what's right. Drew Scruggs thinking? There, there's this whole litany of, of players who really have choices to make not only for, their NFL future, but you know, I mean, if they're coming back to Penn state, then certainly they're going to play in the game or you would think they would play in the game that, I mean, it's just, it just seems to me as though there are so many different factors that they have to consider right now that it's, it's just, it's disingenuous to, to not acknowledge that, to not acknowledge the, the wide range uh, of feedback that these guys uh, are, are taking into consideration. Uh, Michael, very active tonight. Appreciate you, Michael. Uh, and thanks back to you. Right back at you. Happy holidays. I I've forgotten to say happy holidays for the whole month, Nate. So now I'm going to overcompensate. Yeah. I'm going to say it the yeah. rest of the show, just so you know, you're going to be blasted with. Here's an interesting question um, that I've gotten a lot lately from friends texting me and from, you know, the message board in a lot of different places asking about, OK, Penn State is going hard after receivers in the portal. And what does that mean about the young players on the roster? Caden Saunders, Anthony Ivey, Adam brings up here. If Penn State goes out and gets Thornton and Cephas, which, you know, uh, have been identified by Blue White Illustrated in our reporting as two of the top targets, or at least, you know, are internally the guys that we see as the top targets <laughs> for Penn State. Um, do you have an opinion on that? Because I, I have kind of a, a rant here in a second, but I want to get your opinion first. I don't think that college football is a place that you can be patient and that like, you can't just say, you can't just test it out. I mean, they, uh, certainly Penn state had to do that with it's Mike linebackers this past yeah. season, but they still tried. They're were, they were still active in the portal. They were still, you know, testing those waters because you don't know, you know, and especially right now, I think that that's, what's interesting about this moment for, uh, for some of those receivers in particular is okay. Uh, players often 
take a big jump between their first year on campus and then that second spring. And so for some of those guys, like a Caden Saunders, uh, who, if I'm recalling this correctly, was on campus early, yep. uh, right? You, you get that second go round and sometimes it clicks. Sometimes it, it, it just makes more sense and, and you're able to execute uh, at a level and you, and you get all of it, right? It's not <laughs> so... Uh, when Penn State had the the event last year where it wasn't an event, but a, a media availability with all of the players, everybody in that first year class who had just been through their first seasons in the program, uh, all of those guys talk about the same thing. And it's not football. It's like weight room stuff, right? Like yeah. figuring, figuring out how to work out as hard as they're being asked to work out, how to study film that they, they just, most of these guys do not have anything resembling the type of a background with those elements of the game uh, as they encounter once they get yeah. to Penn state or once they get to the college football level, even if they do Nate, it's a, it's a different level because the things you're being asked to understand and the things that you're being asked to notice, you know, I do when my film study, I give fans like a basic idea of here's what the, the, the opponent likes to do. Here's what, uh, you know, basic things you can expect. And then I get questions like, Hey, have you noticed this guy twitches his left eyebrow when they're about to pass block? And I'm like, no, cause I'm not actually a defensive lineman. I'm not going that deep. I don't have that much time. Cause I've got to do five shows here with you and tell you about it. They are trying to get so deep into this stuff that even if you know what you're talking about, uh, on, on the high school level and you are understanding, okay, it's cover three. Yeah. Okay. Which sub variety of cover three is it? Because you're not going to get just standard cover three um every play like you do sometimes in high school or vice versa you're not going to get the same formation twice you're going to get a bunch of variety so the level of of detail in film study that you have to understand is so crazy that you know with a guy like Caden Saunders that's not a surprise he had to play quarterback most of his senior season Amari <laughs> Evans also had to play quarterback uh, at his high school so they're not even working on all those things in detail although you know Saunders was a very good prospect as a route runner coming in. Um, but the point here, Nate, is that it's not about those guys. It's about, as you pointed out, it's about right now. The transfer portal allows you to reload. Yep. And if you're good enough to play on the field, if Caden Saunders <laughs> is good enough to play in the slot, they will find reps for him. Yep. They will go, if they get two receivers in the portal and they have five guys that they want to play... All five of those guys will see the field, but it's not about waiting or like you said, not about waiting around, not about uh, development in real time. That's the Parker Washington's career is not an ideal test case of what Penn State wants for its players yeah. because he had to Keander Lambert Smith, I think, is even more to the point. I think he's a great example. I had to play too early. Everyone got to see the warts. Fans got to develop an opinion of him before he was a finished product, and here we are heading into his uh, this next season now. And uh, you know, the we all watched the growth and development in real time. And I don't think a lot of people are—I don't want to say can't handle that, but they'll take a lot of things. I think a little too far when they when they go to, you know, what a guy is or isn't when he's yeah. still being developed. I th look, if you're Penn State or, or any college football staff, we always say Penn State. Obviously, we cover Penn State. But if you're Penn State and you're out in the transfer portal, you're not necessarily promising a starting job. I mean, it's very much a similar recruiting pitch to yeah. 
high school prospects. And so if, if any of the guys, like you don't think those guys are motivated, right? Like, uh, I mean, th- th- there can be no bigger chip on your shoulder than understanding that uh, you're considered to be not ready by the staff that you play for and you, yeah. you like them. There's good relationships there, but everybody's unhappy. <laughs> I talk about this all the time, but everybody's miserable, right? Like <laughs> nobody's happy with their playing time. Nobody's happy with any number of things, but if you go out and prove it, and if you go out and, and demonstrate that you're capable, you can win jobs. And so, it, I, you know, look, Eric Wilson uh, transferred to Penn state and was not in line for a starting job before uh, Sal Wormley got hurt, right? Like, so, <coughs> excuse me. I just I just think that uh, regardless of who they're able to get in the transfer portal, there are competitions still to be had, still to be won, that yeah. will be open to anybody who's participating in them. So I, I apologize, Carrie. Carrie's on top of things tonight. We are 22, 23 minutes in the video, and I have not asked once for you to like the video because uh, that goes a long way into helping us grow the channel and make sure that people see the video and they come join us. Like uh, Dominic, who I'm going to assume is all the way from Utah. He says, I'm a Utah fan. Can't wait to play you guys in the rows. Hoping for a good game. Um, Nate, I agree with Dominic. I think this is going to be a good game. But at this pace, I don't know that I'm expecting a whole lot of points in the game without Parker Washington and Dalton Kincaid. I said this was going to be a defensive battle coming into the game, and now the top two pass catchers for both teams are not going to be in, in playing anymore. So um, can you can we handle a defensive game in the Rose Bowl? Can we handle run the ball and uh, play field position in the granddaddy of them all? Uh, I, I don't know about field position necessarily, but I do think that there are some talented running backs and some talented ground attacks right between their offensive yeah. line and their running backs and uh, Penn State, obviously what they're dealing with. I, I just think that there's you don't have to necessarily hit home runs in the passing game to hit home runs. So yeah. I just, I, you know, so like. This is neither here nor there, but I will never in my life forget Saquon Barkley's 70 yard run in the road. Like to me, that is an iconic play. I will never forget that play. Uh, And is there an opportunity for something similar to that in this game? Sure. I think so. I think the talent's there. Frank giving us a super sticker, which does not doesn't work outside the chat, but he does say. Thanks for all your hard work and info, gentlemen. Frank, here's here's your donation. I appreciate you so much, my guys. Happy holidays. Uh, let's get into the transfer portal. Um, yeah. We might have to. We might have to. Let's get. No, no, no. Let's let's get basketball first, because I know that you want to talk about basketball. The Hoops Podcast is coming up this week, but we can't <clears throat> wait any longer because Penn State yeah. had a top fifteen upset over the weekend. Give 17. us your still, twenty. Yes. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. don't I don't remember which ranking I saw them in. But anyway, they beat Illinois on the road. Holy yeah. cow, that's a big win. So yeah. what are your high-level thoughts coming out of that? And what do you think it means for the team going forward? Yeah, I mean, you, you're the one who had the winning tweet. They, they made shots. And so the shots went in, and then Penn State won the game. So it's not, you know, I, I think that Penn State will reflect on the Michigan State game and say to themselves, man, just – 
hyped it up too much. It was, it was too big of a game. It was too big of an opportunity. Uh, and they just did not play their best basketball. Not only didn't play their best basketball, they played poorly. They played, it, it was one of their worst games of the season. And so, okay, that happens to you. And there, there's one, right. There's one of two ways that you can go. We talked about it in the hoops pod. Uh, you know, you could squeeze the ball even tighter and feel like the window is closing and just really lose your mind and accept defeat. Or you can say, hey, nobody's expecting us to win this game. You know, they, they left uh, State College very late. They didn't get in in local time until 1030 the night before the game. Uh, right. There were just there was a, a pile of things that were working against Penn State. And it ended up that they went into that game and played loose. It's, you know. It's like hard to put your finger on. And I understand that it's not necessarily a satisfying answer all the time, but all this emotional psychology <laughs> BS that we can't quantify drives me nuts. Nate drives yeah, me nuts. Yeah. Because you'd like to say, Oh, well they just exploited this matchup, this matchup. Right. And I think that they did to a certain extent by fouling Illinois big guy. Uh, right. They, they just kind of took him out of the game. They didn't allow Illinois to really get any juice, but you know, Miles My- Dread uh, goes for, I believe it was 15. Andrew Funk goes for 20 and got really hot in the second half. But just in general, he, he took a his very first three of the game was uh, a a kind of a stutter step. Let the guy overplay the three. He stopped. He faked, took the shot, made the shot. He was under control. And I think that when these guys have that opportunity, when they play within themselves and play and play without so much pressure, which is something that's been building uh, around this Penn State basketball program, they do well. They're, they're, uh, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm doubting myself because I was fairly confident at the beginning of the season that this was a good Penn State team and this was a Penn State team. I said, I believe, to paraphrase myself, would make the tournament comfortably. Yeah. Uh, I still think they can do that. Uh, do I think it's as easy of a path as I initially may have projected? Maybe not, but it it is that they are going to be competitive in just about every game that they play this season. It is very much a matter of, of just doing it, going out and winning yeah. those games. And as you pointed out, they're seven and three. The difference between how you felt to begin the season and now is really the, is three games that were in the balance that they could have won and that uh, they they didn't. But if they had won all of those games, I think we would also be surprised as well. So things can, can things can change. Things can develop as they go into the season. But having that big that's a quad one win if there ever was one in their pocket now, you feel a lot better than where we were last week and by the way great time to tell you about the hoops podcast uh we are still efforting to bring it here to the youtube channel uh that's on me because transfer portal is a time suck and uh recruiting is heating up but we are going to be getting that here on the youtube channel usually comes out on thursdays so make sure wherever you get your podcast you subscribe so if you listen on the podcast version same feed just listen to it on thursday when you listen to the regular show so you get a double dose of nate bauer jeremy says he's back on the hoops train and uh, if you're getting on and off with every win and loss, Jeremy, who boy, I hope that you uh, are good at jumping because you are going to be busy this year. Let's get to let's get to now the transfer portal 
because we've got uh, some things that we need to clean up in terms of recent offers and players that have entered into the portal. Uh, we kind of covered on other shows their larger point, their larger view of what they're looking for. Um, but a couple guys, Nate, today that came into the portal and an offer that went out. Cornerback Gavin Holmes, one of the top corners in, uh, in the portal right now. Mm -hmm. um, you want to give me some of the stats on him that we found today? Uh, yeah. I mean, Holmes, he played a lot. He played a lot the past two seasons. So he's a third year guy. He started in the, um, in the COVID year and then, you know, but it was more or less a red shirt. I think he finished with like 50 snaps. Uh, but he's played 450 plus snaps the past two years, started seven games out of 11, played in 11 games, uh, for Wake Forest this past season. And just, you know, I, I don't know that he's, um, great. Right. But, but a little bit reminds me of Johnny Dixon in terms of mm -hmm. the unknown quantity of, Hey, was a factor was a piece of the puzzle, uh, for a power five team. And is he, but like, didn't have the, doesn't have the, um, you know, the resume, the recruiting resume, he was ranked 1200 something in the on three consensus was, the, I mean, that's how you get to wake forest, right? That is how you get to wake forest. Although we, yeah. uh, they're recruiting a little bit better, but anyway, yeah. uh, yeah, you know, just, a, a appears to be a, a fairly solid productive piece, yeah. um, who had, I believe an interception, uh, in each of his first two years. So he has 10 PBUs in the last two seasons, six last year. So in terms of just kind of looking at the stats and not having everything in front of me, um, uh, that fits in line with get, guys that actively get their hands on the football. That's one thing that I think is a, uh, is a, kind of a, a theme here with Gavin Holmes. <laughs> we got somebody who I think has some inside scoop on uh, Zoe, because uh, Zoe, my wife, is a Utah alum. She says, how does Zoe feel about the matchup? Also, please donate to T. Frank's Christmas lights. How do you know about the Christmas lights? We don't have enough Christmas lights, so Zoe's been wanting more Christmas lights, so that's what, I guess that's a reason to donate to the channel, um, you know, so that we get those. But one thing that I gotta tell you about Zoe is that yesterday she had a massive headache and i'm not talking about me and i'm not talking about the cats i'm talking about a real migraine and she deals with this stuff on a regular basis i don't know how she does that because that seems like that would be terrible but one thing came to save the day yesterday and it wasn't my massage even though i tried and i i tried to do the whole you give the head massage thing it didn't it didn't really help you know it did a delta 9 thc gummy from rogue shop they are a sponsor of a Monday live show and they, I'm not kidding, are helping my family be healthier. Last night, instead of taking pain medication again for that situation, Zoe had a quarter of one of the gummies. We watched some Monday night football and then we went to bed and she woke up feeling refreshed, healthy, happy. And this is something like if you live with, with, with pain, I don't know how you do it because yesterday, I had like something going on with my shoulder and it was over. Like my whole day was ruined. My wife deals with this crap on a regular basis. And uh, I don't, I haven't found anything that helps as much as uh, rogue shop. So rogueshop.com, They've got my seal of approval. They got the T Frank family seal of approval. Use promo code BWI for 10% off. When you go to rogueshop.com, uh, maybe a stocking stuffer for the appropriate person in your family. Make sure you put it in the right stocking. Cause this is for 21 or older. 
and uh, you can help people get through the holidays. You can help them reduce inflammation, reduce pain, all these things that cause a lifetime of problems. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, and with that, we're going to get some uh, answers here on the BWI Daily Edition. Sean Fitz is joining the show. Sean, uh, welcome. We are talking Transfer Portal. So, great. what do you got? What do I got? <laughs> Very busy time. Um, of course, I, I thought we were going to go in with to recruiting, but I'm sure Nate has already covered the commitment of Joseph Mopoy. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you were all over that. Uh, transfer portal, uh, hot and heavy right now, wide receiver, by far the mm-hmm. biggest name or the biggest uh, position out there on the board. Penn State's offered a bunch of them. Um, they continue to evaluate. Three guys really stand out to me. Dante Cephas, of course, was on campus uh, from Kent State over the weekend, took his official visit. Uh, Dante Thornton, one-time Penn State commit, of course. Uh, you know, that was seems like it seems like forever ago, but uh, it certainly wasn't. Um, and then just today, Caden Prather from West Virginia. This is a guy we've been watching for a long, long time, um, and I think that those are guys um, that that Penn State has really centered their focus on. Um, it's it's really been uh, a widespread net. And we told you to expect that it's, it's more like recruiting right now than it, than it is actually the transfer portal, um, process where they zero in on one guy. They want one guy. There are tiers to this. And I think they'll take, I I don't, I I have a tough time seeing them take three of them, all three of Mm -hmm. those guys because of numbers, because of how it goes over in the position room, because of, uh, how, how you can, basically manage your roster you know from a basic standpoint but right. at the same time they've got some some high quality ones and, and those three guys are the ones that lead the way um there are many more jimmy horn jr at uh, usf i know he wants to visit um cephas's counterpart at kent state um whose name is just just flew out of my head really talented guy as well so Receiver is the position that they are sort of all in on. And I think you're probably going to see some movement real quick because these guys want to be on campus for the spring. They want to, you know, finish up their finals. Some of them have already finished up their finals at their respective schools, make a decision. So, and I think we see some more guys that pop up on campus uh, later this week into the weekend. So I guess the the next question I was going to have for you and you kind of answered it there, but just the, the lack of um, movement, I guess you see, we're now starting to see players commit to other schools so not at all time to push the panic button that Penn State hasn't landed a receiver yet, seeing as they're so clearly intent on that. But you do think that it's some it could be sometime soon. Yeah, I think it could be this week even. Um, but no, I, I I mean, if you look at the the makeup of the transfer portal, this thing just opened up for FBS players last week, uh, last Monday. So this was the first full weekend that guys could get out and uh, and actually visit the school. So no, I don't think it's a panic situation at all. Um, they Like I said, they've really, really... Uh, spread the net out wide and uh, are, are making an effort to to bring in some combinations that I think can complement each other. We've talked about the size. We talked about the yeah, Devontae Walker. Uh, the, yeah, that yeah. The, the running back from there is has a similar name, and that is just been a mind. You know what? The, the last couple <laughs> of uh, last couple of days, I believe he just committed to Miami, Ohio, or um, one of those other Mac schools today. Doesn't matter. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I think those are four talented guys that they're they've really focused on. Um, Taylor Stubblefield has been out and about visiting. I know James Franklin's going to go see a couple of guys um, this week as well. Um, but no. I don't think it's time to panic or anything like that. It's very early in the process. If you take a look at the uh, transfer portal wire on, on three, uh, that thing filled up this week or this, just this weekend, the last couple of days with commitments. I think Penn state's probably going to add uh, its name to that uh, in the, in the coming week. Uh, a couple other, somebody we already discussed. I want to get your thoughts though on Gavin Holmes, another guy that Penn state offered just before the show today. Uh, any thoughts in general on corner as they continue to, to probe, have you noticed a, th- a maybe a theme of what they're looking for, or is it just maybe the best player to bring into the to the organization if they can find the right guy? I think it's best player. Obviously, everybody wants to find a Joy Porter, but there's not too many of those uh, right. those big lanky corners floating around in the uh, in the transfer portal. Find guys that can play. Um, you know, you found Johnny Dixon, who is you know five eleven, six foot, and, and that's kind of the mold that 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 you've found in the transfer portal so far. They've offered some guys. I don't get the feeling that they're enamored with too many. I uh, haven't done too much digging on the Wake Forest kid um, because he it came at a, a time later in the day today. Um, so I, I think that they're still looking for a best fit there, looking for a best fit at defensive tackle. They found a couple offensive tackles that they like, but again, it's a tough sell. You know, I mean, you're basically asking a guy to come in and be your third or fourth tackle when he has options to come in and be your first or second tackle at another program. So that's a really tough sell for them. Same, same thing with uh, Keyshawn Blackstock, the junior college offensive lineman who was on the board. And now he's essentially off the board because of, uh, because of all this stuff. So tough sells all around um, at positions where you have guys and, and defensive tackle. I think you have an opportunity to sell what you did with Derek Tangelo a couple of cycles ago. Um, but it's, it's going to take some selling and, and, with the transfer portal, things are just so much more open than they were even last cycle, two cycles ago. Um, it's it's completely different with the way that programs are approaching this. It's completely different with the way that programs have sort of back-channeled their way into knowing who's going to be in the portal, expecting that to happen, and knowing who the people are to go to to get in contact with them immediately, uh, getting in contact with the player immediately. Because I'll be honest with you, most of these coaches have – talk to trainers, talk to high school coaches and things like that in anticipation of the portal opening. So I think that's very um, important to see that. I mean, there were whispers of Caden Prather going into the portal in late October. And and that's something that, that people find out and it moves its way up the chain. And all of a sudden you've got to be ready for it because if you're not ready by the time they go in, you're already behind and you're probably not getting that kid. Uh, one interesting thing I've seen, uh, obviously from Dante Thornton and from Caden Prather, six, five, Six four, so some big receivers out there that the Nittany Lions are targeting, which would be a distinctive change from what we've seen from them recently and some of the the players they've gotten. I I don't think that's a a theme or anything necessarily, but just interesting that they're able to that they're targeting guys that they think have have good size here. Um, Go find the ones that can play, and if they happen to be six four six five, I mean that's on Nate Pick's friends, you know, just uh, <laughs> always, find, you know. And uh, if they can make if they can make your team better, you go out and get them. I, I will say it's interesting to look at the offers that they have. A bunch of these guys six one six two. Jimmy Horn is like five nine, and yeah. you know that, that Jimmy Horn wanted to visit last weekend. It just wasn't happening. They're being, I, I would say, strategic with with that because you've got. Caden Prather, you've got the these uh, not Caden Prather, Caden Saunders. Uh, I 
that's going to mess me up. Uh, you got Caden <laughs> Saunders, you got Liam Clifford, you got guys that can play in the slot. You even got Keandre Lambert Smith that could play in the slot as well. Yeah. And you've got smaller guys. So if you can complement them with big guys that can happen to run four fours or whatever these guys run, uh, I think it's a pretty good opportunity for them to sort of balance some things out. You've got Malik Mega, who's your size guy, but obviously he has not come, come along with catching the football consistently and being a consistent playmaker. He's got a lot of tools, but just hasn't gotten there as an all around player. So we will see if he, if he can make that leap, but these guys have essentially already made that leap. I know Thornton's production at an Oregon doesn't look all that great, but he's had some, some good opportunities, some good games and, and some big plays. Uh, Prather 52 catches last year, I believe it was, um, you know, that's a, that's a really good opportunity. Of course you play West Virginia first game of the year. It doesn't really mean anything in this, in this pursuit, but uh, you know, West Virginia, I think not to look too far ahead is going to be hurting for playmakers. So I think it's very interesting to see him, uh, get out of town as the expected number one for the Mountaineers. And that's uh, something we'll talk about, uh, uh, I'm sure, for the next nine months. Yeah, and maybe it'll come up tomorrow on the BWI recruiting show on Tuesdays. I want to save most of your good stuff in, in that area for, for tomorrow so that we don't double dip into the podcast. But something that did come up today, breaking news this afternoon, was that uh, Joseph Mapoy committed to the Nittany Lions a six foot four, two 235 pound uh, edge defender out of St. Thomas More. Give us a little bit more about what uh, went on with, with the commitment here and the recruiting process with uh, Joseph. This is a big kid. Uh, 6'4", 235, maybe a little bit uh, conservative, to be honest with you. We, usually we see these kids that are not as big as listed, but this, this guy, huge frame, uh, a lot to work with. Athletic kid, raw as all get out. I mean, this is a guy that's uh, it's coming in at sort of a Jason away level of needs to learn the game, needs to learn how to, uh, you know, make his body functional for football. And this is going to take a couple of years. This is a guy that is, is a project in every sense of the word, um, high ceiling boomer bust type guy. Um, but, uh, there's, there's a lot to like there because in the couple of years that he's played football, he's still fairly new to the game, played at Arch Archbishop Carroll down in DC opposite Nicholas Harbor, who was just an, an otherworldly athlete. Um, but And then he, he transferred to St. Thomas More, where he's playing with Zion Tracy, who's a Penn State commit. He's actually been productive at both, stop, at both stops. And that's saying something for a guy that's still, you know, just brand new to the game. Um, he's, he's made it, uh, he, he's gotten to the quarterback. He's done some nice things. It will take him a while to get used to playing at this level, um, being a guy that, uh, that can contribute at this level. But uh, I think he's a guy that, you feel confident taking a chance on. You've got Jameel Lyons in the class already at defensive end, who's a really good player. You're expecting good news from Mason Robinson in the next couple of days. Um, so that makes you feel a little bit better about taking a guy that uh, you don't need to play right away. And of course, Deny Dennis Sutton came in, played last year right away. I mean, Vanover has been a nice surprise. So they've got options there on the defensive line. So they don't have to bring in a guy that's going to play right away. And I know with the portal, I mean, you can make an argument that uh, taking guys like that is a little counterproductive because you could find a guy like that in a couple of years that, that did blossom at a lower level or something like right. uh, or something along those lines. But Penn State's been watching him for a long, long time. Um, they, they've liked what they've seen and they need bodies uh, on the defensive line. And, and if you're going to take a chance, take a chance on a guy like, with a ceiling like this. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that in terms of the guys you're going to bring in and what you're going to prioritize at defensive end, um, uh, swing for the fences, right? Especially when you are in a situation now where you've got 
your top line starters, depending on what Adisa Isaac does, Chop Robinson coming back, that that was like getting an additional recruit last year in a in a, at a high value, high leverage position. So Jameel Lyons and uh, and Joseph Mapui both are very upside plays, as you mentioned. Some of the things, and of course, I'll have my film study at Blue White Illustrated coming out tomorrow. If you want to check that out, $10 to sign up for uh, the website. You get uh, until next football season. So you get tons of inside information. You get everything that these guys have been talking about tonight. You get that first edition over on the message board on the Lions and Message Forum. And of course, all the premium content just for 10 bucks. And if you sign up for Blue White Illustrated here on YouTube, that is a $10 combo value and you get uh, this for free so that's an important thing but one thing about Mapui that that I think is uh, encouraging what I saw on film is it's it's a good and a bad thing of he was so intent on using his hands that he forgot how to run a little bit where he runs with his arms out a little bit and he now at St. Thomas More they've worked on that you can see in his highlight film he does a better job of kinetic movement you know his body moving as one unit instead of his legs running and his arms doing something different but the fact that he was focusing so much on his hand usage and he shows a couple of moves on film that aren't bad uh, and you know you, you talk about him getting the quarterback I, I think you're spot on with that of this is a guy that is raw but some of the foundational things uh, is encouraging that he's not going to come in and not really know the football from a basketball and I think that's when you're looking for encouraging signs on film when it comes to project players he looks like he's 26, and now they just got to get him play like he's 26. And, uh, you know, that's on John Scott Jr. That's on the coaching and development and all that stuff. Um, is there anything you want to give us a nugget of coming up this week or anything else on Mapui that you want to you mention before we move on? Yeah, I think it's going to be a busy week for Penn State. As I mentioned, Mason Robinson um, coming off that official visit. I know Notre Dame offered last week, but you still, if you're Penn State, you got to feel really good about where that stands. So would not be shocked to see something come along. I know Penn State's out on the road trying to lock down some of their current commitments. Uh, Conrad Hussey was at West, uh, West Virginia. Conrad Hussey was at Florida State uh, over the weekend. Uh, Dakari Nelson, of course, is a guy that that had a really good week last week at the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star Game. So that's the big priority right now is locking those guys in and trying to uh, to get it to signing day to push it across the line. Uh, and then Kevion Keys, the linebacker that decommitted from North Carolina last week, Penn State went in home on Sunday night. Very important visit. And uh, I say I like where Penn State stands with that one. And then other than that, you just look at uh, what Penn State is trying to do in the transfer portal. And I think it's all very interesting stuff. And and things can move really fast. I mean, you could do uh, this is the live show. So this is not the one where I give the uh, the line where this might be out of date by the time it goes on. But uh, things are moving so fast. Uh, there's a lot of phone calls, a lot of texts and a lot of things flying around right now. So uh, definitely check us out. I know Ryan's done a fantastic job with uh, tracking coaches and tracking all these updates and things like that as well. So it's a very busy time on the site right now. I do recommend checking it out because there's just a lot to take in right now. You, you keep saying that things are going to change so fast. I'm like, all right, let's get going. I got to go watch all the film. We got to make sure we're ready to go. So there's, there's, Tons Every, of stuff everybody just week. wants it now and it's just that's not how it happens i mean these are uh, the commitment today i consider that a weekend commitment if mason robinson gets commits tomorrow i consider that a, a weekend commitment because mm -hmm. these things you know take their own sort of timeline guys want videos guys want graphics and things like that just everybody wants it right now and that's just not how recruiting really works or portal stuff uh portal movement and things like that works but I think they're getting there. I think they're they're going to have a very busy week. 
You know what? I agree with Jeff. You guys are great. I'm giving everyone a raise because I definitely have the ability to do that. Um, Nate, any thoughts on Joseph Mpoy? No. <laughs> well, I was told. I'm, I'm so I was, sorry I was told. we kept you around for the last 15 minutes. It's been... Yeah. You have any idea how my, mad my wife is right now? She's <laughs> way over. Your All right. Fits. Well, let's get going then. Let's keep everyone happy. I appreciate you guys both coming on the show tonight. Thank you so much for your time. This will do it today for the BWI Daily Edition. Uh, we're live here on YouTube every Monday at 8 p.m. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you are on our podcast versions, we're going to be doing some stuff there. So stay tuned with, uh, you know, especially if you're on Apple. We're going to be uh, taking some different approaches when it comes to how we do our mailbag in the future. So stay tuned for that. I'm Thomas Reinhart, Sean Fitz, Nate Bauer. Thanks so much. That'll do it for today. Coming up tomorrow, the recruiting show. It's the time of year you cannot miss anything. So dial in, get yourself downloaded and subscribed, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.